previously on HavenCharles.comics. In this dystopian hellscape that Charles has created. Well, let's burn this candle. It's picture books, Hop. Dr. Doom. Power pack? Delightful little sociopath. This gets weird. Yeah. yeah. The godlike man had a perm. Live, eat, and breathe. Close to God with Javier Gonzalez. Oh. We're being awful serious in this, our first episode. Uh, we are. What's <laughs> going on here? I think it's it's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Okay. Overall, I kind of really like um, Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. Oh, good grief. It's not Black Panther. It's not Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's Squadron Supreme and Black Hammer. You're, you, Charles, you're, you're right. I was, that was dumb. You're good looking. I'm not. You're funny. I'm not as funny sometimes. You're absolutely right about the public library card. If, if I hope every town has, I'm sure every big town does, an, an incredible resource, completely free, so much stuff on there. Of course, I'm using it for comic books right now. They have, they have music. They have, of course, novels. They have nonfiction. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible resource that I'm afraid more, a lot of people like me either don't know about, know about, dismiss, and don't take advantage of. Can't say enough about it. God help me defending Cyclops, which... Pretty much considering cutting this out immediately when I edit this episode. <laughs> Constructive criticism, anything you say, the, any way you think that Hav can improve, let me know. <laughs> this is our theme segment brought to you by the Public Library, the Dallas Public Library. Check it out. It's cool, yo, and free. Oh, man, you butchered the brilliant tagline I made up. Oh, you're killing uh, yeah, me. I couldn't, rem- I couldn't remember. It's free, yo. Yeah, I have to say that sounded kind of uh, kink-shaving, kink-shaming there. These people wanted to dress up and hit people, hopefully bad guys. You know, sometimes a man and a woman or two men or two women, what they want to do consensually with each other in costumes doesn't necessarily mean they're bad, even if they're pretending they are. Anyway, I I apologize. That was not sponsored by the public library. On a personal note, just so you know, there's no, there's no, it's cool to see people talking about brown people uh, in comic books. I I never I never saw that before. I, I don't care if they're Pakistani or Indian or Mexican American or or any any color or African American or black or anything non-white. It was it was cool to see it talked about, written about, drawn about. Yeah, I know Icon came out back way when, and and some African American comic books came out, and Spawn was black when we found out. Not the same thing, to me. It, it it's always to me, from from my perspective, it's it's just cool to see anything written, drawn about in comic books where there's another person that's not not white. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say it otherwise. And it's it's awesome. So there there's that. In which Charles rambles on about Spider-Man for an hour. Star-crossed lovers, have a child, interstellar war, battle for the baby. Which other give in this? Did you did you read this? No, are you talking to, well, oh, you did. okay, I don't okay, want to Okay, Hav did not read this comic. Of... And Charles Talk comics. Of, of, of and Charles.
Talk comics. And I, I'll say I'm enjoying Avengers Forever so far. Hi, and welcome to Hav and Charles Talk Comics, episode 14, the final episode. The final episode of season one, because as I previously explained, I am not done with Hav yet. Yet. Yeah, you did. <laughs> hey, Charles. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. Like I texted you earlier, I was very excited uh, about recording our podcast today. Yeah, I, I know. You, you texted me an hour before I said we would start with, uh, let me know when you're ready. I know. I was just, I don't know why. I, it, not that I'm not excited every time we're going to record one of these, but for some reason, maybe it's because it's the finale of season one. And sorry, let me back up. In our conversations, I didn't mean to, mean for you to think you're done with just doing the podcast and completely. I just, it was kind of neat that we're finishing season one and lo I'm, I'm looking forward to season two. Yeah, I, I am too. Definitely looking forward to season two. I'm also looking forward to a little break over the Christmas holiday where I can think about what we what we might do on season two hopefully and i say this very very strongly hopefully some people will send us some emails with some suggestions maybe we can build a curated list well at least maybe i can build a curated list like you have your list i don't really have a list i pull things out of my uh, ear hole a, a lot of the times on what we're what i'm going to suggest but i'm going to surprise you because i sent it to you but i don't think you got it Let's start off with our rarely used second time segment of letters. Yay, letters. Yeah, we had we had another email and surprisingly, it was again from my brother. My brother who sent <laughs> who, who sent me an email based on well, this is I think based on which one? Oh, sorry. I pulled this up. Did it not send everything? Oh, yes. He Patrick sent me an email explaining Thanos was not an environmentalist. He was a psychopath that wanted to wipe out half of life in the universe, and he developed a justification of, quote, balance, unquote, to rationalize it. Patrick is, there you go. Patrick is not wrong about that. And he also, he also sent another one after that that said, Also, your discussion of the sitcom version of Red Skull reminded me that the Venture Brothers did something similar in season six. Great show, by the way. It, it was a great show. And when he sent that to me, I did remember watching that. It is basically the Red Skull with a family. He's in the park watching his daughter play. It's, it's really, really hilarious. So I was right. That would make a very funny sitcom. And I probably thought that because I had seen the Venture Brothers. <laughs> I was going to say, somebody beat you to it, right? Yeah. Somebody totally beat you to it. Yes. In Venture Brothers, I don't know if you saw this. I, I retweeted it on the old Twitter. Apparently, they're coming out with, it's either a new episode or a long, a long maybe standalone thing that they're putting together because it's been off the air for quite a little bit now. Oh, that would be great if they did some more Venture Brothers. I loved that show. I was very sad when they canceled it. It was so, it's so good. And I haven't, you know what? Something that, I could rewatch probably ad nauseum and just haven't. They did. They do a great any quest besides Red Skull. Just things that come to mind. And then the Fantastic Four episodes where their Fantastic Four analogs show up, especially Sue and Reed Richard analogs. Uh huh. So funny. Yes. So good. Well, hey, cool. And thanks, Patrick, for for the email, the letter, the electronic mail, if you will. 
because uh, now I'm trying to sound like old man for no reason. And hey, if anybody else wants to email us, please, anytime, you know, thoughts, comments, concerns. You know, I, I can understand why you're concerned for Charles, given all the dystopian future stuff he's been recommending we read. I, I'm um, concerned. I'm concerned for Charles, too. But hey, before we jump into our stuff, I, I, a couple things. Sometimes we don't do a good job of this at the top. Uh, me, maybe more than Charles. Charles is really good at the format stuff. So the whole point of this thing, not that there's a point, but it's for fun. And I know I enjoy it immensely. I think Charles does, too. I recommend something Charles to read, comic book-wise, and he does uh, likewise. And then... We read it, and then we get on here and we podcast. And the reason I mentioned that is I thought it was interesting, me and you talking, the origins of the podcast, where you revealed to me that you had reserved the the Twitter handle and the webpage. How long before you locked me in? I, at least weeks, because I'd been thinking about it for a long time. Because okay. it, it was during COVID, and you ha- I had a lot of time to think and be bored. And you and I had talked about you you had presented this, I, I swear it's like eight years ago, that a group of us should be a, should do a podcast while we were drunk, just talking about things because you wanted to get certain ones of us together. And you said, Charles, we should do that with the implication that, Charles, you should do that. And that that was a lot of heavy lifting. And it was also not as easy at that time. It would have taken more than what we're doing right now with a couple of mics over the internet. It would have taken a mixing board, getting everybody together to get... Do, it was a heavy lift and I was not interested. Although I did like the idea of a podcast. So as I was thinking about that and understanding that what you meant was that I should do all the work, I came up with this idea. <laughs> well, thankfully you did do all the work. And let me just say that. I know you're you're half joking, but seriously, everybody that, that listens, Charles does all the production, all the editing, all the uploading. I sit here and talk for a couple hours every couple weeks, every week or so or two and read comic books which is the fun part and charles i mean it charles does a lot of not all the other work and i I thank you so much charles for doing that because uh, it's just something quite frankly i I could probably learn to do it but it would be like a freaking you know gibbon monkey trying to learn how to do that stuff if i were to try to do it oh so you watched the videotape i made of me learning how to do it so that's how you're describing You're just you're just banging on I, the I'm keyboard. Just, I'm just, like I, some... I didn't I didn't realize I could use my mouth. I was banging it with my head. I was trying to peck things out with my nose. It was it was embarrassing. At one point, where, my, did, where did you at, get that? At, at where, one point, my penis was involved. That's right. I looped it around. Started the first episode talking <laughs> about my penis, and I brought it back for the final season finale. You're welcome, fans. I know, even though you haven't emailed us about that, that that is the content you crave. Just to be perfectly clear, since Hav was talking about the point of this podcast, the point of this podcast, no matter what he says, is for me to be able to bloviate about comics for about an hour at a time. That is completely the whole reason of this. It is to give me an excuse to read comics and talk about comics, because it's not like you can just... You can go into a coffee shop and and be sitting next to a dude and just start talking about sports, and that's cool, because even if they're not a, quote, sports guy... They'll talk to you about sports. You can't sit down next to some random man or woman at anywhere and just start talking about comics. You can talk about Marvel movies a little bit, but you can't talk about comics. It's still more nichey than anything else. So this has been wonderful. Hav, I want to thank you for doing this with me. I want to thank all of you that listen, that put up with this. And I, in particular, like to thank Patrick, who actually emails us. 
Thank you, Patrick. Yay, Patrick. <laughs> and as, uh, as I've said, the email address is Hav and Charles Talk Comics at gmail.com. Oh, wow. That was a, that was a lot of talk without us talking about anything. No. So. No, I, I just thought it was important to know, you know, because, you know, the, kind of our origin story, if you will, to, to bring it back home. You did a callback. I'm just going to reference random comic book jargon. But, you know, so we had talked about a, I had mentioned a podcast. You refined it to the point where you're like, no, we're doing this. And then you, you just set it all up and boom, hijinks have ensued for now, you know, 14 episodes of comic book based podcast. And we got the bonus one with Charlie. With Charles, you, me, and Caesar talking about Scarlet Witch. Which, speaking of, I really hope maybe during the holiday break, maybe shortly after, we can all get together and have watched uh, Shang Chi and and Eternals, and maybe do a bonus one of, about that. Absolutely. And then, of course, your your solo far foray that you dropped, which was incredibly entertaining to hear you going satirical. But man, your tone was so deadpan. I was like, wow, I didn't know Charles really. Charles really feels strongly about this stuff. Oh, my, oh, okay. Whoa, wait a second. Okay, he's doing a bit, but it was good. I, I'm glad you finally uh, listened to the whole thing. Full disclosure, I sent this to Hob before it posted, and I said, hey, would you listen to this and give me something about it? And he's, I think he listened to the first minute, and he's like, D- is it all like that? And I'm like, dude, it's five and a half minutes. Just listen to it. And so he, he gets back to me. After it's after we dropped it, and he's like, "Hey, man, I listened to that. That was I liked that. That was great." Five and a half minutes. It's not like it was a heavy lift. Yeah, I know. I don't know why, but I I listened to the. Uh, it was a good two. I got like halfway through it. I was like, "Okay, I get it. It's it's good." Yeah, I see what you're doing. I feel like so. I got a good sample size. So, but we, uh, as, as Charles has pointed out, yeah, I'm here to interrupt him from probably for days on end. Just about comic books. I have been teasing Hav because we do have some limited statistics on who listens. And since that's dropped, more people have listened to my little five and a half minute joke than have listened to the two of us. I, I've, I've teased him about that I'm going solo. I've teased him that, well, okay, maybe we need to change it to Charles and Hav talk comics. He, he yeah, tries He's going to Simon and Garfunkel this shit. He's going to go Paul Simon on me and leave old Art Garfunkel that just sat there and, and sang and didn't do jazz. Art Garfunkel just sat there, sang, didn't play the guitar, didn't write any songs, and Charles has figured it freaking out. Gosh darn it. Well, he was pointing out that, oh yeah, because it's not like it's it's doing huge numbers. Three more downloads are it is all it has, but it's fun that it's just kept up. Just a few more downloads of that than the other. Although percentage-wise, it's a giant percentage, because not that many. It is. That's why we really, truly like all of y'all that listen. You're amazing. Okay, so today we kind of are doing a for the first time. We're the writer, the comic. Okay, let's. I'm gonna reverse this. I'm and I'm probably gonna leave all of that in just as because that was a fun one. I I know what I'm trying to say and I cannot speak it. The two comics we're doing were both written by Kurt Busick. Correct. Four years apart. Yeah, I think you're because yeah, you right. said you said ninety four and ninety eight. Correct. Yeah, I can do that math in my head. I don't yeah. want to, but so I did it in my head. You suggested you suggested I read Marvels. Yes. From yes. nineteen ninety four by Kurt Busick with beautiful painted art by Alex Ross. 
It it is one of the most and gorgeously I, created comic books ever. Go ahead. Agree. No, agree. And then I suggested, and I was planning on suggesting this before you you uh, suggested Marvels. I suggested you you read read Avengers Forever from '98, also by Kurt Busiek, but that art more classic comic book art by Carlos Pacheco. And it really um, was it really was classic comic book art. And the best thing about oh, it, yeah. Avengers Forever was the art. The, yeah, uh, we can talk about yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Okay, so Marvels '94, beautiful art, beautiful story, set from the golden age up until the '70s. I yeah, think. it starts 1939 to 1974 is what I saw on Wikipedia when they broke it out like that. That is that is gotcha. the age of Marvel comics that it encompasses. And it is absolutely, completely a love story to not just the Marvel Universe, which it is absolutely the Marvel Universe, but it is a love story to comic books as a whole. They are painted comics. It is not a a drawn thing. They had a ridiculously good artist do this. He is amazing. And the detail he puts in... And the little nods and winks to pop culture from those times to other to other comics. They do the, the one of the big events in the '60s was the wedding of Storm Sue Storm and Mister Fantastic Reed Richards. Reed, Reed, right. Reed Richards, and in the background of that picture, when they recreate when he paints the scene of them at the wedding, are they kissing? Is that the I can pull it up on my phone. If you look through, and I will post the picture that I screenshot on the uh, Twitter page, or I'll have our unpaid intern post it on the Twitter page. It has all four Beatles in the audience. It has Clark Kent in the audience. All of the, a lot of the superheroes are there dressed as superheroes because they have to come as superheroes because they had, all of them had secret identities at that point. So they couldn't show up in in their secret in their as their secret identity even though some of them could have because then well why didn't that superhero who was friends with the fantastic four not show up it is one of the most amazing just delightful pictures in that whole comic it is and when you say love story to comics i think i use that phrase when we first started this whole darn thing book ending again charles Bookending, when we talked about Black Hammer, I said Black Hammer was a love story to comics, given it's touching on Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, etc. Yes. This is, again, photo. Uh, lo- uh, agree, love story to comic books in general, and and the photorealistic painted art by Alex Ross is amazing, to the point, I sent you some photos via email. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, speaking of, of Reed Richards, I when I saw the... Reed Richards drawn in Marvels, I immediately thought of the professor from Gilligan's Island. And I sent you two side by side, and I can't help but think that that, that was on purpose. Oh, um, I, I thought, I saw that you sent me that. I thought you had looked it up. They did an annotated version of that. That is who he used as his, he used a lot of people. And there's an annotated version that I think I read once on Unlimited where it breaks out. That's the reason I knew okay. all the people in the background because I don't pay that much attention. So it would talk about all the things. That is who he used to make Reed Richards. He used the professor from that. That is his. That, that was his model that he used to draw from. He also had a number of people he knew that he would use for others. So... 
he he named them. They were all named in the annotated version. It, it's really marvelous. If you notice one of the characters with the... Uh, okay, the whole story is being told from the viewpoint of a man named... Is it Phil Sheridan? Yes, Phil, Phil Shel, uh, Sheldon. 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 Phil Sheldon. Thank photographer. you. Photographer Phil Sheldon is a photographer, a freelance photographer. He's basically a old Peter Parker that's not a superhero. He... It starts out the first scene we he's talking about the first Marvel he meets is the original Human Torch, who was an anthro- android basically that skin couldn't take oxygen, so he bursts into flames, and that's what it starts with. So it's him telling the story, and that's why we have all this access and know about the stuff. So this is truly a story of comic books from an everyday person, sort of, in the Marvel universe, and how he learns about these characters throughout his life because it it starts when he is i don't know call him like 22 23 years old probably as a is a budding young photojournalist and then it ends when he's i I, let's probably say 50s he's probably not that much older than us when it ends but that that's that's 19 that that, that's with a guy that was uh starting out working in uh, 1939 those are harder years so it's his story about the world he is viewing and he has a front row view to all of this because he's running around trying to find it okay yeah well in the human torch scene that started this whole out mm-hmm. uh in, in in marvels i don't know if you really thought of the original captain marvel first avenger movie because man the that whole scene sh- sure looked a lot like what they showed in captain captain america first avenger where he's de- debuting the human torch for the first for the first time to the public, do you remember that? Yeah, wh- where, where the human torch is in that bubble, but it, I, I remember they don't that. show it, but it's just a, they just show it's at the fair. I don't know. I just it yeah. reminded me the the, the setting oh, okay. it was very to me from from the movie back at this comic book. Yeah, and then oh, speaking of using people as models, and I did not read the annotated version or, or, or peruse that that you did that shows what all the models were on, but. You the golden they're in the golden age and it's a young J Jonah Jameson yes. who had a striking similarity Jack the King Kirby oh did uh, he from back when oh man I emailed you that earlier and it is it's a dead ringer uh, oh wow. I put them side by side there's the the view the, the image of, of of Alex Ross when they're sitting by the car and then the next image is just a, a picture of Jack Kirby both smoking their cigars both kind of glaring under their huge bushy eyebrows. It's just really really striking and cool. Okay, I am going I was trying to look at that a little while ago and they haven't all downloaded. Gotcha. Uh to, while you're doing that, just to talk a little more about the mm-hmm. art. There there was a great scene where all the reporters and photographers are sitting at a diner which was uh, absolutely a, a an homage to the famous American painting Nighthawks. I don't know if you remember. I also forged you that by, uh, and I had to look this up. I don't know. I, I I remember that it's a classic American painting. It's called Nighthawks. It's by Edward yeah. Hopper from 1942. I, I didn't remember the name of the painting or the artist, but I just remembered when I saw that fr- that 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 panel. I, you know, obviously done on purpose, but yes. it was just really cool to, that, to see it in that, that scene. I I will say, and I really liked it in that scene because it really worked there. But that is probably one of the most used photo uh, paintings in any kind of homage that I I have seen this in countless numbers of comic books, movies, 
they do that because it's it's an incredible painting based on just what it's showing but it is possibly overused i thought it was well done there especially since they're sitting talking about it and it's funny that you screenshot took a screenshot of that because i too took a screenshot of that i'm gonna pull mine up because it's easier actually to see it because i did it off the off the internet off the uh off the tablet I was watching it on. Oh, for the love of all that is holy. Sorry. I can't find my photos. I'm an old man. Leave me alone. Are you Tr- trying to look at your picture book? I am trying to look at my picture book. <laughs> this new segment, Charles Scrolls Through His Phone, is brought to you by the Public Library. The Public Library, where old people can go to get, get tips on how to use technology. And also just go to use old-fashioned paper-made books. No, no, nobody wants to do that. That's insane, my friend. Insane. So they're they're actually talking about how bad... This was at the point where it was the Human Torch and Namor were really the only superheroes. Cap hadn't come along yet because Cap kind of changed as Cap started doing things. That was USA, USA, Jingoist information. But when it was just Namor and the human torch they were other and they were scary and they were discussing that and that's when the human torch who was sitting at the diner with them jumps up says the food i i've had enough of this the food here sucks anyway bursts into flames burns us burns a hole through the window and takes off yeah and that was actually, I believe, the only, the closest interaction in the entire four comics that they did. And four comics is a little of a misnomer because these are mega sized. I think they were forty. They were forty plus pages per. Right. So it it was a it was a long. They were long uh, comic books. I think that is the only time they ever really interacted with a superhero intentionally, or that they knew it was a superhero. I say this because Peter Parker is in it briefly at times. Very briefly. I took a screenshot of him, too. I don't know who... uh, He did remind me a little bit of Tobey Maguire in this... A very thin Tobey Maguire in it, but I'm not sure if that's who they were using. No, no, it's not. I don't remember who they used, but it... Okay. It it wasn't. It wasn't Tobey Maguire. It's when you look at... The thing that was amazing about this and about the art and the way they did this is also the way the costumes hang on these characters. It is not the spandex like you look like it looks like in even the original like Spider-Man costumes where it's this form-fitting thing. Even with Spider-Man, it's more of a loose cloth costume he's wearing and it looks like a human being in it when he's climbing up a wall from a distance and doing some of the things that, that are going on. And even when he's dressed, he's the way it's Alex Ross, right? Yes. Alex Ross painted the clothing is amazing in this. And I, as y'all well know, I, I don't really, the, the comic book art, and I do think it's an art form, but this this is truly art when you get right down to it. This is what, well, I'm sorry, this is what the most staid, narrow-minded person about art. This is art. This is paintings. This is beautiful, beautiful artwork. It is. It, it it's 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 remarkable how great it is. I've never read how long it takes Alex Ross to do a panel, to do a page when he's doing this because it's my understanding. It is painted. I don't know if it's oils. I don't know. I I've never done a deep dive on that. Which in hindsight, I'm not sure why I didn't. I did a, some other little googling on this stuff, but 
for some reason didn't think to do that. The only other artist that comes to mind that's anywhere on the next level, although completely different because his is more mixed media, is uh, Bill uh, Sienkiewicz. That's done a lot of stuff for different covers like Daredevil back in the day. And oh my God, I'm blinking on her name. Electra and New Mutants and stuff like that. But no, the art is great. And in this first, in this first issue... And we don't have to go through issue by issue, but the first issue, you're right. That, that diner scene encapsulates, it's it's very negative. But then, of course, you know, they come to warm to them because then, you know, there's a big fight between Namor and Human Torch, I think, maybe in this first issue. And then they kind of start getting along. And then, of course, World War II happens. And then you do have Captain America enter. And then Namor and the Human Torch and, of course, Cap are USA, USA. They're fighting the Japanese and the Germans on both fronts. And so the tide turns, but it is, and you see that back and forth, I think pretty much throughout all, every issue, correct me if I'm wrong, Charles, where there's some negative sentiment, Phil Sheldon, as are eyes and ears, and and from his perspective, goes back and forth from being negative about the supers, and then negative about mutants, for example, and and then comes around. Well, he has a, uh, he has an arc where he starts out shocked by it becomes very negative to it and then he comes to accept the marvels and throughout the first 40 something pages of that first comic which is the let's call it the golden age type part of it and then they move into the silver age which is where uh, in the in the second one which is where marvel comics really becomes marvel comics well actually does become marvel comics and that's when you bring mutants in, and he's talk. He talks about well, the Marvels, and we look up to them, and they're this. But oh, we keep hearing these horrible things about the, about these mutants that they want to kill us and they want to replace us, and it's all of this. Well, it's all the fear mongering, and he bites into it. He bites into it until he comes to a realization because he's at the bar, and something's going on outside, and he runs off with his camera to get a picture of it, and he's going to get a picture of it, and it's a group of it's the X Men. I mean, it is the original X-Men, and the crowd is going to try to kill him. And he looks down, and he finds a piece of brick in his hand, and he throws a, a brick at, at Angel. He hits Angel with a brick, and yeah. then he feels horribly ashamed. And then he goes home, and he him thinks his girls have been feeding a stray dog, mm-hmm. and he the basement. No, Angel, who's a mutant, uh, her, her being a mutant as opposed to some other mutants, like affects her physical appearance to the yes. point where her parents apparently just, her, yeah, her parents uh, abandoned because her because she was a monster. Well, and because they thought, because the, so they're showing the sentiment going on in his neighborhood with mob people saying, because I think they saw this little girl, because the way they described it, one of his neighbors said, Hey, Phil, come on. There was a mutant spotted down, down behind somebody's house we're gonna go get it she's probably headed to the park we got to get her because they're up to no good and so it's this mob mentality and then he finds out a few days later that it's this little girl that his sweet girls are taking care of because she was abandoned and they take her in he, he does he does some soul searching and they take her in and that goes on until you see the sentinels arrive and during that, she leaves a note thanking him, saying that she has to go because she's afraid they'll get in trouble. But thank you for the food. She took some food and thank you for the new clothes. And they don't know what happened to her at all. And she's just gone. And you have that heart-wrenching scene when one of his little girls, I think it's only one of them, asks him if he thinks 
Okay. And there's a whole inner thing, inner monologue thing where he wants to tell her yes, but I think the best he can muster is I hope so, or maybe not even that. It's no, he says, it's I don't really know. He says, yeah, I don't okay. know. He just straight up says, I don't know. I, it, um, it, it is, uh, it works on so many levels because there becomes a time as children get older where you can't just lie to them anymore about that. Everything's going to be all right. It's okay. You have to tell them the reality of the world is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if she's all right. We don't know if she will be all right. And yeah, no, it was it was incredibly well written. It was incredibly well drawn. I mean, everything in these four issues works. It touches you in the heart. It touches you. It, it makes you think about comics in a different way. Because I really, this is one of the best street level. And I do like some of the, not necessarily deconstruction, but the comic books based in a superhero world that are not about the superheroes. I do like that. It's like I like the everyday life of the superheroes, a la the Hawkeye run that I always bring back that made me love Hawkeye. I, I like that. That's your, which is your Cyclops. Your, Hawkeye is your Cyclops opinion, just so you know. Okay, that's fine. Except you like Hawkeye. Well, and going back to what you're saying about the, about this just gonna, issue in particular. Just going to ignore that. At the door. So speaking of, of this issue in particular, working on so many levels... You know, I know there's been ad, ad nauseum stuff said and written about the mutants being an analog for various things, whether it's racial inequality in America, the Holocaust, it, it, uh, d- it was during World a, War II. According to Jack Kirby and... According to, according to Jack Kirby? According to... Basically, the from what I've read history-wise, it was truly about the Jews and the Holocaust and how how Jews are created uh, created sorry treated <laughs> how are Jews created well when a man and a woman love each other very much <laughs> uh, nice tell me more so get, about it charles what, you, what what happens when a man you, when a man and a woman love each other very much that that's it's too much too much comic booky stuff that's where the created thing is where did the well I, well because that and that's also how mutants are created how was the mutant created well a man and a woman who loved each other very much had a child that happened to have a mutation the x gene if you will so it was all about it, it really was about the the way because these are these are two jewish men who fought in world war ii so it it makes a lot of sense yeah no and i think i i I think it was on one of these podcasts i mentioned that whole story about when jack kirby and joe simon put out captain america number one and and they got hate mail pretty soon after it was released because that was before good old usa was in world war ii that captain america number one came out where people were making all sorts of apparently vile threats towards him. And he told them to, if anybody calls, tell him I get off of work at five and I'll be at the corner of X and Y and I'll be waiting for him. Because that was the kind of dude Jack Kirby was apparently just adding to his, starting off his legend, legendarily, if, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Oh yeah, but, he, yeah. He, he, was, he was a legit tough guy. The, um, the way I heard the story was that someone had actually come in had, oh. was downstairs in the, if I remember correctly, the Empire State Building was where they, was where their offices were. And I, I may be completely wrong about that, but that's what's in my head. And they was were at the reception desk. They called up and they said, there's a man making threats about Jack Kirby. And then Jack Kirby took the call and said, I'll be right down. Tell him to wait. Huh. 
and they were gone when he got down there. Probably good for them. Yeah. He looks mean. I mean, I don't yeah, think he, he was re- a very tall man. Yeah, yeah. But the the photos with him chomping on the cigar, smoking the cigar, and and just it just looks like somebody you wouldn't want to tussle with, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, some of them, um, some of them, uh, tough kids coming up on the streets in New York. I mean, it ain't yeah. like our suburban lifestyle that we lived, which makes us soft as little boys. Soft hands, incredibly. Well, you do carpentry work now, so you're 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 getting them all toughened up now. But yes. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, hey, uh, no, I was gonna say also in that second issue, the, that's also when the 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 Mister Fantastic and Invisible Woman Sue Storm and Reed Richards' wedding takes place. But also, there's all the gossip in that issue too, where you have these two women at like I think it's the engagement party talking about Sue Storm and, and Namer or maybe having a thing and oh yeah, and just the gossip and mm-hmm. and of course that was back when. Apparently, in that early, the early Fantastic Four run, Sue Storm's role was to get abducted pretty much every issue, oh. and was the, the was always a femme fatale, was always in the, the 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 female lead that was being held hostage. Oh, you you want to talk? I I know, I know. I was casting aspersions on one of my favorite comic books we read, Why the Last Man, for its, I I really still want to say unintentional horrific sexism. And I mean unintentional because I, I don't think the writer realized how sexist he was being. I th- just anyway, not beyond that. The Fantastic Four was some sexist bullshit. It was along oh, yeah. the lines of when the Justice Society of America started and Wonder Woman was part of it, and they made her the sec- secretary when she was legit the second most powerful member of that fucking society, if not the most powerful. Well, wasn't Superman in it? Oh well, later on in the original JSA, no, no, okay, in then the she was, J- okay, then she was by far the most powerful. Yeah, I mean, you could argue, I guess, in the original members, but back then you could say the Spectre, maybe, okay, Doctor Fate, but different yeah. in Gre- yes. the Golden Age Green Lantern. But when you're just talking about bro- brute force, yeah, that she can go toe to toe with Superman, yeah, and yes, they made her the freaking secretary. <laughs> Here, go get us some coffee and take some notes during the meeting, honey. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't hurt you to smile there, darling. Yeah. You can get to, you can get further, you know, if you just uh be nice. <laughs> no, yeah, so just there's there's that going on. Hey, and before I going back to the first issue just real fast, you know, Phil Sheldon our our protagonist really in this whole thing, he gets so down that he breaks off his engagement with his girlfriend or yeah, fiance it, and, in, and because he's feeling so emasculated Mm-hmm. And so small when he sees the Marvels, especially when he's obviously got as a negative view of them. Yes. And then come and by by the end of the first, he comes around and realizes, okay, I'm still okay. And there is a nice thing later uh, when we get into the final chapter of this, the fourth comic. He's having a conversation with J. Jonah Jameson, and he's asking him about Marvels and Jonah. Jonah is going off on some of those same themes that Phil was coming to grips to in the first one. That was the that was the gist of why he is so anti Spider-Man and anti all of these heroes cuz what's what's a regular person supposed to do compared to this? And it was and it, I because you brought up Phil there, it reminded me of that cuz I I didn't put the two together until now. But that was a nice okay, this is what Jonah never got over that. That that's the feeling he had at one point, and he's just kept with it, and he's going to pound that drum 
until he finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and then he's going to shift because he actually knows Peter Parker and even though they fought all the time, he really likes Peter Parker. And that changed yeah. his view of Spider-Man. I'm sorry, I don't mean to spoil that for other people, but in a ancillary comic a couple a few years ago, J. Jo- uh, Peter Parker told J. Jonah Jameson that he was Spider-Man and it really did change their relationship in quite bluntly some hilarious ways it's 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 worth reading i i I quite enjoy that so any anyway and i didn't get into what the fourth one is about because we're we're working chronologically and there's a reason why he was talking to him yeah well hey before we go any real fast speaking of Uh of you know tributes throughout this the publisher of the daily bugles competitor which i forget the name of that newspaper is a Mr. Goodman. I don't know if they ever say his, his first name, but Martin Goodman was a publisher of Timely Comics, the real, you know, real Timely Comics. And I didn't look up if that was, you know, a photorealistic painting of the real Martin Goodman, who is Mr. Goodman, the editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugles competition. But I, I thought, again, that was kind of neat, because as soon as I saw Mr. Goodman, I knew enough about the history of Marvel to know that Goodman, a Mr. Goodman, it was Martin Goodman was the original publisher of Timely Comics. Okay. That, that's great. I also believe that that particular, the, the paper he also freelances for and gets a lot of work from is the paper that on a very brief, at a very brief time when in the first run of the Spider-Man comics, Peter Parker goes to in order to try to get more money. But the editor is so, wants to know so much how he's getting those pictures that Peter stops going to him immediately. I if I if I remember correctly, that's that same paper that has like a brief thing and they also bring that paper back later. They've started using that again at a different at, with some different stuff. So that's one of the nice things about uh, the writers of Marvel Comics. They really draw from a lot of the old stuff. They 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 do the work to pull things into the modern age that was back there. What, why create something new when we get something we can rework from back then? And of course, Marvel really wants them to use something from way back then because then they don't have to give them extra money for coming up with something new. Oh, wait. Exactly. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I know you, you've, you've invented this whole new character, but you know, we have a character back here and we don't want to give you any rights to this new character that looks like we can. Why don't you just use this character? <laughs> so when we make a movie about what you just wrote, we don't have to pay you jack shit. Well, and that's been in the comic book press and the Twitter comic book, you know, universe, because apparently Jack Kirby's, not Jack Kirby's, rather, Steve Ditko's estate has come forward and filed a lawsuit saying, hey, you know, he, uh, Marvel, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, a bunch of these other characters, uh, my, my grandfather, I think it's great, all these, and how about a little something for the effort? Because this is all, you know, worked for hire and contract artists and writers where, they didn't own these characters when they created them for mm-hmm. timely comics and Marvel back in the day. And now you have these properties making, I think, literally billions of dollars. Yes, literally um, billions of dollars. And, you know, go, and this all, uh, uh, t- I know tangent, but, you know, Joe sh- uh, creators litigated against DC for years because of Superman and all. I mean, Superman was making money hand over fist almost as, as immediately when it was published. Oh, yeah. So a long, a long standing issue where sadly the creators of these of these great characters 
really go unrewarded financially. Yeah, they get their name said, you know, at the beginning of a movie or the special thanks too, but uh, you know, it, it, yeah, art for art's sake, but it's nice probably for them to, to be able to, to live comfortably no. given what they've contributed. No, fuck, fuck art for art's sake. No, seriously, go. seriously. Art for art's sake is the woodworking I do. That that way, not that it's art, but you get what I'm saying. It's 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 I'm doing that because I want to do that. These people are doing that to make a living, and they're doing. If you create something that turns into billions and billions of dollars, you should get something for that, and not just a fucking paycheck. Agree wholeheartedly. Okay. It's it's just uh, so yeah. And that's been uh, our soapbox for yes. maybe maybe once this. We'll see if there's another one later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that up. I don't, I don't consider that about our. That's not our moment of politics. Although I, okay. I did almost open the show. I was thinking about it today of opening the show with finally infrastructure week, and doing a, a bit on that. And due to the passing of the historic infrastructure bill last night, today's Haven Charles talk comics is just going to be us. Instead of talking about the comic books, we're going to talk about the new infrastructure bill. <laughs> and oh, I was going to spring that on you, but I, I didn't go that. I was just going to. That that was I was considering that being my opening of the podcast tonight, today, just for that fun. Been, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, you would have definitely caught me off guard because I've got such tired head over all that. So, well, that that was <sighs> that was when when we when we went out to the bar the one time we've gone to a bar in the last two years, mm-hmm. and Kevin met us, and I told him about the podcast, and I told him, well, it's called Hov and Charles Talk Comics, so it's about politics. <laughs> and he didn't catch the joke and he thought we were doing a political podcast. Right. And Maybe I finally somehow involved in comic books or did he just, did the comic no, books I just, just go because, way over his head? Because he did, I, I don't think he was paying that much attention to what I said the name of the thing was, but, but because I said, so of course it's about, it's about politics. So he heard that part. So it was about politics. And then I'm talking about all this comic book stuff and he's just kind of looking at me. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. Yes. So, well, they keep on going. Yes. Uh, you know, the third issue is, speaking of from the perspective, you know, you're talking about you liking these comic books that are from the regular Joe standpoint. It's when Galactus shows up. Yes. And they're, they're getting, you know, the radio broadcasts and then it's emergency. But unless, you know, think about it. If if you're in Des Moines, Iowa, and you hear about a giant space being visiting and hovering over New York, you're not getting to see that. And it's not like, I, you know, now we're, you know, cameras, you know, on phones are ubiquitous. You're just getting updates as they come through the wire. Mm-hmm. And the world might be ending and people are going to be with their loved ones or rioting probably. And just seeing it from that perspective, very much, a, you know, not a deconstruction maybe, but a little bit of if superheroes were real and if Galactus visited the Earth, what would you and I do, Charles? Like, would it be just like, uh, let's just uh, have a party? Or would it be just going to finding friends and family to, to hunker down with? I mean, you know, or, or, or all of the above? It, things like that come to mind. Yes. Knowing me, I would just sit at home and cower. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't want to think about a Earth-ending event that we're watching live on television, which is literally what, what would be happening. Well, I mean, it made me think of that. That third issue made me think of nine eleven, which yeah. we both obviously were in our twenties, twenties, yeah, twenties, yeah, yes. and lived through. And yeah, it it's it's weird to think about that way, but it, that's what it made me think of when you're seeing yes. these people thinking 
you know, we're we're under attack. So and again, not not over not hitting you over the head. All this has done so like you've already said, and we've both said multiple times, done so well. If 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 you're listening, you haven't read this, it is a longish four issues, but it is well worth it for all the above reasons. Absolutely. I would highly recommend reading Marvels. If if you love comic books, you should read Marvels. I just it, it is wonderful. Yeah, they also do other events through this and and this is where they go back and forth where Phil is noticing that when they save them, that when they save the world, all of a sudden the superheroes are popular again. And then if they haven't done anything that's super saving the world, they're less popular. And it's really beginning to wear on Phil this, oh, thank you, thank you, you saved us, you saved us. And in this world, they're really not asking, the superheroes aren't asking for anything. They're of the great power, great responsibility kind of thing. So they're just doing it because somebody has to save the world from these threats and they can do it. So they're doing it. And then yeah. they're getting the, then when they not long after that, then they're back to being attacked. It's just, it, it's really a microcosm of the, not a microcosm. It's really a reflection of the way news cycles work. Anyway, build them up, build them up, build them up, tear them down, tear them down. Oh, well, we'll build you back up. We'll build you back up. I mean, it's just an endless cycle over and over that he doesn't like. One of the driving forces, the the way we get the name is of the of the comic. Phil started referring to them from the beginning as Marvels, and he has an idea to pick pitch a book of all of his pictures. I think a coffee table book is basically what it is, but it's going to have some writing in it. And he starts writing because they were asking him who he wants who he wants to get to write it to go write the stuff to go with his pictures. And they pitch: Should we get Asimov? Should we get and they named a couple others, but I, I thought you'd yeah. like the Asimov. Yeah, and he goes, "Well, yeah. well, can I do it?" And he's like, "All right, well, you're gonna you're gonna have to give me give me some sample write writing so I can see if you can write before I agree to that." So evidently, this thing does great because he convinces him that look at he's he's pitching the book to the publisher, and I loved this because the publisher is like, "Well, why 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 would anybody want a book of these pictures?" And then something a superhero goes by in this New York building outside. And everybody in the office yeah. runs over talking about it to see out the window. And he's like, oh, look at the, oh, we've got to see this. We've got, and the, and he looks at the publisher and he goes, now we live in New York and that happens. Think about the people in Des Moines who have never seen a superhero in their life. And this gives them an opportunity to, to do it. And, and that, that was, he was doing a book signing because this book became highly popular. Uh, you always have to wonder though, if Busick didn't get the idea for this because Peter Parker actually did a book of Spider-Man pictures. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. In, in the comics, and this was before 94, because it was when I was reading it, he did a whole, a whole book, and he went on a press tour, and he actually made some money off of his pictures. Nice. Yeah. That is, I did not know that. That is yeah. a good tidbit, because I thought yeah. it was a cool story within the story of him, you know, trying to get this thing published and worrying about it and putting in the work and... And, uh, and, and ignoring his family like a good man in the 50s and the 60s did to, to work hard. Yeah, because he's worried about providing and yes. and has to make the make the money and get the house in the burbs uh-huh. and, and all that, uh, which which he obviously does. But yeah, no. And, and worrying, yeah, worrying about whether or not it's going to be successful. And of course, it's wildly successful to the point. Aren't they talking about doing another one? Yes. Yeah, they the were. They they yeah. they've been talking about doing another one at the end. So when we get into the into the fourth 
and final comic. That's when we really get into Spider-Man. Now, he's made some comments because he saw uh, earlier in it, he sees Peter Parker is selling some pictures to Jonah. And he's talking about a, what a weasel. He, he does not like Peter Parker because he is feeding right into letting Jonah just tear down Spider-Man. He gives him the pictures and he says, what a weasel. If I were Spider-Man, I, I'd want to kick the crap out of Peter Parker. And that, that was a fun, that was a fun bit. But we run into the everyone, they do, they, they're doing the Captain Stacy's death. Yes. It, which is a, it, Captain Stacy was Gwen Stacy's father. He was a captain, uh, he was a police captain. And he died during a fight, a Dr. Octopus Spider-Man fight while saving a kid. And Jameson blames Spider-Man and so does a lot of the media. And they're calling him a murderer. And it just doesn't sound right to Phil Sheridan, who has followed his career and followed all of these Marvel's career. And why all of a sudden would he kill a, a police captain? So he yeah, Sheldon, Phil Sheldon. Did I say Sheridan again? You did. You did. Yeah. That's okay. Sheldon. Well, it was it. It, it was in the episode. Callback joke Ta-da! for a mistake I haven't made yet. So he, he decides it, he'll feel better about all this if he can clear all of the negativity on these Marvels. If he can clear spider-man of the murder so he starts investigating and he's talking to witnesses who are claiming all of this oh yeah spider-man killed him and he did it intentionally he saw him and he knocked these bricks off to murder him and then he goes and talks to the cops and the cops are telling you that that's ridiculous that 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 witness said that that's not we we studied we just want to talk to spider-man and get a statement the it shows that metal arms knocked off the bricks for the chimney we, we don't think Spider-Man did it. We want a statement. We can't do anything without a statement from him. Yeah. And, and he yeah. even goes and talks to Dr. Octopus, who very much wants him to know that, yes, he killed Captain Stacy, but also doesn't want to exonerate Spider-Man at the same time. So he's very coy about it. Yeah, but it obviously, not obviously, but he, he yeah, to him it's obvious after talk, his interaction with, with Octavius oh, that he did, it, was, it was Doc Ock. It wasn't Spider-Man get him to go on record for it so he keeps on dive at the deep dive to the point where he eventually starts talking to Gwen State. well yeah he they, the they build talk. up to it yeah they build up to it and yeah. he says i need to talk to one more person and then you see him knocking at a door and the door opens and it's gwen stacy and i gotta i've read this multiple times but it still hits me every time that door pop, and there she is and she oh she said she's always found I loved this she's she'd always found Spider Man kind of creepy the way he crouches and crawls around and does all that and it's like yeah dude you're, you're dating Spider Man uh, you're engaged at this point you're engaged to Spider Man I mean well and I guess you, this is my ignorance about Spider Man and not reading a bunch of Spider Man especially Silver Age stuff and very early Silver Age stuff like this Charles I didn't know that Gwen Stacy didn't know that Spider Man yeah Gwen Stacy didn't know Mary Jane did. That's okay. I, I Mary, just, but you know. but I don't know at that point. I don't think Spider-Man knew that Mary Jane knew. Mary Jane knew since she lived next door to Spider-Man before she knew Peter Parker. She knew that kid that lived next door was Spider-Man. That that and that gotcha. might have been a retcon from a la- later date. But she saw him coming and going to Spider-Man. Yeah. So Gwen, Gwen is talking about that. She always felt creepy, but she just didn't see what he could do and her dad never thought spider-man was a bad guy and they they met they met each other and they they took long walks together they did a lot of there was a lot more gwen stacy i i was thinking when i was rereading this last night gwen stacy 
was not a great character when she was done originally because she was very cookie cutter pasted. Stan Lee had a blonde wife that he liked. And there's Gwen Stacy, this this perfect little smart blonde lady without huge personality. And other writers through the years have developed her into what she should have always been. And I, and I enjoyed that with Busick here doing that as well, because she was a wonderful character in this. And she, she tells him that she can show him her dad's journals. And she gives her some time to find and come by, and she'll give him the journals, and he can read that to, to, for his story. He knocks on the door. She doesn't answer. He goes downstairs. And as he gets downstairs, he looks up, and he sees the green, green goblin kidnapping her. Yeah. And of course, this is all leading up to the, the I think the death the, of Gwen Stacy, the death of, and to that point, probably the biggest thing that had happened to to the character Spider Man and Peter Parker in the comic book, right? It, it was a defining. It is most definitely one of the most defining parts of this character. It re as defining as his uncle dying, being killed. Because he also blames himself for this for a myriad of reasons. And it was very, very confusing for Phil Sheldon on why in the world was the Green Goblin kidnapping her. What what yeah. was... It makes no sense whatsoever, quite bluntly, to anybody. Because nobody knows that Peter Parker, who she's engaged to, who I, I liked that Phil makes the comment about... The, I, I don't understand what she sees in that... That weasel Peter Parker. I don't know how mm -hmm. why they're engaged. Right. And he chases after them. And the whole point of this, for those of you who don't know the the Silver Age stuff with that, the Green Goblin knows Peter Parker, obviously, is Peter is Spider-Man. So right. because he knows everything when he's the Green Goblin. He doesn't know it when he's he, he comes back as Harry Osborne at nope. uh, not Harry Osborne at times. Norman. Sorry, Norman Osborne at times. And he forgets that he, he's the Green Goblin and he forgets Peter Parker is Spider-Man because comics. So he, <laughs> so he is just, he follows them to the bridge and he photographs the whole thing and it, and it crushes him because he can't do anything. And it, it kind of really just it breaks him. It, it really does. It breaks him that that whole thing he was doing something he was really going to show everybody and then he just that's basically right as we lead up to the end of it because he decides to retire essentially yeah he pretty much he goes there's it's a incredibly moving scene where he talks about him having seen people dead from the war and 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 probably beyond that and when he comes upon Gwen Stacy he knows she's gone and you're right and then it's it, it, I I don't have it opened up but it's pretty much He's decided. He goes home. There's a there's a paper boy delivering a paper that's some random kid. He says, and his assistant's there. And he says, this memorializes. Here, kid, stay with me and my wife and take a picture because I'm retiring. And and hey, here here, assistant, I forget her name. Yeah, you take over. It's it's your it's your your uh, your burden now. I I did enjoy I did enjoy the leading up as she's trying to convince him and what they can do and how we need this huge documentary. I mean, look at the 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 TV and and all of that going on. We can really, really do something with this. And that's what he's telling her to do. He tells her at the end, here, take all of this, do your documentary. You can do this. 
I can't. And the whole point, he, and I, I, it was really, it was really nice. He says, you have to be on the outside looking in to see this properly. I'd always been on the outside looking in, and that's why I could look at it differently, and I can't do that anymore. I'm on the inside. I'm too deep on the inside. And I, I love this comic book. Just, it's, it's great. I was, I was maybe at the end, and we can talk more towards the end of this thing, this podcast. But you ended on a strong one, my friend. Uh, I, this is, this is, out of all of them uh, that that you've suggested, including the ones I've suggested, mine have not been as good. I'll admit that, but for for various reasons. But this is just, can it's funny at times, it's touching at times, it's heartbreaking, it's inspiring, and it's. If I know I've said stuff like this before, if you're and you just did earlier in this podcast, if you're a comic book fan and haven't read this, do yourself a favor. Absolutely, it's not on Hoopla. No, nope. Shut the front door. No, I, I don't think it's on Hoopla. You, I think I mentioned this last podcast. You gave me this last year when I was laid up. Lent to you. Read it back. Lent, lent you. Me. Lent it to you <laughs> that I've held on to for over a year. No, that, that, that's fine that you have it. I, I just want to be clear about the provenance of that. I have you lent know where it is. you my comic. You know where I live. You know where I live. I have it on the standby, plus a couple other things you gave me. Yeah. I, and so I'm sad to hear that it's not on Hoopla. That's, that's, uh, that's surprising to me. Yeah. Um, well, a um, lot of there, there's some rights issues, I'm sure, and how much they'd want for it for that kind of. Anyway, I'm, we won't get into that. Hey, My theories it, on it, that. It, it, going back real fast, in in that last issue, this is just uh-huh. very ancillary. I think it's interesting because they do explain that the Avengers are off-world because of the Kree Scroll War. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Which, I do. I do. Which we can talk. We're going to talk more about in a second because of what I suggested. Yay! Uh, because that's a lead-in to that. But I, I'm not done. We're, I'm not done with this yet. Okay, I the, the, th- there was a there was a great panel. We never mentioned that very in issue one. Oh, thank God! I almost said episode one. In issue one of this uh-huh. comic, Phil gets injured fairly okay. badly by but because he got right up on the rooftop where the Human Torch and Namor were fighting, and they they said he took a piece of brick in his eye, and right, and they and there is a scene where he's at the hospital and the door opens and it's. It's his fiance, and it's clearly J. Jonah Jameson coming in to check on him. And he says, hey, a sweetheart, these flowers all from you? And J- Jameson, uh, uh, Jonah answers, nope, they're from her. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why nice. I, I screenshotted that because I just it just cracked me up. It was just the... That's good. Nope, they're from... Other screenshots I took, the caddy women at... You were talking about them talking about what's her name, uh, Sue Storm Sue, having a thing Sue with and... yeah. But there's yeah. another scene where they're talking about both how awful the thing looks in person. He's certainly ugly. At, uh, oh, mm, he certainly is ugly, isn't he? And you see the thing turning around and looking at them. And then the other woman says, "At least he's not one of those horrible mutant muties." And behind him is behind them is. is it, Professor Xavier being pushed by your favorite X-Men and Miss Marvel walking by them as they say that. Of course. Just a just a great one. Then there's what is absolutely one of my one of my favorite little shots is I don't know if you can see that one. There is a is that him jumping? 
him who that that is a they were talking about i i don't remember exactly what the the context of it is but that there's things that we don't have and it's not as big a characters but they're out there too and it is a picture it's actually the reflection in the telephoto lens of him looking up at daredevil so it's it's in the lens looking up at daredevil wrapped around the leg of stilt man oh wow Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that panel. I, I'll I'll will send that to you. It is, it is outstanding. Little. It's at the bottom of a page, and it is just it is just an outstanding. This is one that it's worth not even reading the stuff, just going through and looking at all the pictures. Oh right. Just I without without reading, fact, just yeah. There's one. There's one panel I sent you, uh, from the first issue where it's the the caption is. We were the ones who got things done, but the the the, yes. the, the panel is of a guy leaping mm-hmm. with a red cape and a blue bodysuit that sure looks like Superman. Oh yeah, that that was an homage. I, I'm absolutely, yeah. I, I, I'm absolutely, I'm looking at it, the the one you sent, and I am absolutely sure that was a Superman homage. So it's, uh, uh, and so you good. you also sent me the the uh, Popeye. Yeah, and that that oh, is yeah. that is Popeye. I I had I had remembered that when it came by, and yeah, he just is that Captain America. He'll give Hitler what for, and he drew a realistic looking Popeye the Sailor Man. Yeah, which was I, one of my favorite cartoons growing up as a kiddo, and made me. That's why to this day, you everyone, I love spinach. I love spinach because <laughs> of because of Popeye. What else? There. Oh, in that last issue, there's also Power Man. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Where he's going to interview him, and because he's the new, the new, th- the new flavor of the week. Yeah. And, and I thought that was interesting because Power Man's got a different take on everything, and it's a more modern time. And exactly, and you, you, you see that represented. And of course, he's African American too, on top of everything else. Yeah, and and really doesn't want hit. Really doesn't want his photo taken. Right. Right. Well, you want the publicity, yeah, but not with my photo. Why? Why would you take my photo? It, just write about me, man. Yeah, just just write about it. There, just uh, some afterthoughts. The, the, Alex Ross has done so much in comics, and I'm, I don't know if he does other stuff, quite frankly. But the other ones that came to mind: Have you ever read Earth X or Kingdom Come? I have read Kingdom Come. I may have read Earth X. I can't remember, but I have okay. definitely read Kingdom. That's the one with uh, Captain Marvel. Or I'm sorry, Shazam. Yeah, it's DC. Captain, you're, the, you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That. Yeah. He. That's yeah. right. He painted that one too, didn't he? He he did. And yeah. then he, of course, with Kurt Busiek being the writer, he did all the covers, at least on the early ones. I didn't keep up with Astro City. Okay. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, that's a creator owned. Kurt Busiek wrote, and I don't know if Alex Ross helped create the the, the designs of the characters, but just the beautiful. I, 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 my vocabulary is not great because marvelous, beautiful. <laughs> astonishing artwork is just just singular it's great so yeah okay any any other thoughts on uh uh no Marvels? i i i think we've i think we've covered it we've we've definitely we're we're gonna your your call on this podcast may be fairly accurate have uh, have had i have wisely got up to use the restroom before we started and i made the joke about why were you so urgent that you needed to to just rush out you wouldn't you have gone before you went he said yeah but i don't want to be two hours into this podcast and really really have to use the restroom and i was like how long do you think the podcast is going to be that at two hours in right well we've also had some interruptions thanks to my guard dog the, the yeah. vicious ferocious yeah no uh, no uh, yeah lucy yeah we're, uh, we're but no, we're we're going and and I did mention, you know, 
in that fourth issue of Marvel's, this is all just happenstance, they mention the Avengers are off-world fighting the Kree Scroll War. Yes. Which happens to just segue nicely into uh, the beginning of what I read, Avengers for 1998, also written by Kurt Busiek, because at the beginning of this, the Avengers are transporting a comatose Rick Jones to the dark side of the moon, the blue area of the moon, to go talk to the Supreme Intel because it's after the scroll, the Kree Scroll War, and there's so much backstory they have to get into because you find out Rick Jones helped or not helped, he 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 stopped the war because yes. he got imbued with these fantastic. But w- but we know, are God. But we already knew that because we've read Alias Jessica Jones, and I was going to mention that too. Yes, because this is all you know coming full circle because in Alias we get the fake. You know Rick Jones telling talking to Jessica Jones about the about his part and all that, and so yeah, there's just a lot of things just coincidentally coming together. Then the comic book really gets going, and I'll I'll be blunt. I I, I read this not right when it came out in the late '90s, but probably in the early 2000s, and I remembered it uh, this this go around. You cut I, out there, I, so I don't I'm know. Not if trying it, to hey to, hey you cut out there. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. I. Okay. I, I like cut it a lot out there more when I read it. When I tell you you cut out, it means you're back because it just did a blip. So you, you read it in the early 90s, the late 90s. Oh, well, it, it, late 90s. When I first read this, I liked it on, on this reading. Yeah, yeah, no, hmm, yeah. It, 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 it was a struggle for me to get through this. I'm not going to pull any punches. I'll, I'll come down Main Street. I like the ideas in it, but there, I say this way too often. This is 12 issues. I think maybe it was six issues too long. They could have cut out the middle part. Well, it was either... It, it, it was the same event type thing that I have a problem with both. It either needed to be shorter and more tight or longer and more in-depth. It, it needed to either be 24 issues or six issues. Agree. Because Agree. I could... I Okay, the, the reason we did not get this done as quickly as we could is I could not wade through this. And I did. I had to wade through this. And in fairness... The last, like a lot of these things, the last four issues were pretty good. Agree. But I had to read eight issues of slog, nonsensical, cram in every bit of history about the Avengers we could cram in. Just, it was just a, hey, this is what happens with the, I mean, this is what the Avengers did over the last, what is it, 40 years? And it was interesting, but again, I never really read the Avengers, so all of these Avengers events, I didn't know enough about to even hang my hat on, and I was not interested enough to go read, I don't know, another 30 comic books to figure out. Well, well, more in particular, 30 Avengers comic books to figure it out. No, they're they're at the end of because I got a physical trade paperback of this thing. Uh huh. For each chapter, which they they call them chapters, for each issue, twelve issues. There is on average five to ten bullet points of hey for this thing you need to go back and read you know 1961 Fantastic Four number thirteen yes and for this thing you need to go read Marvel Superheroes number twelve from 1967 and so on and so forth and look I feel like I've learned a lot about Marvel history tangentially because they do a good job of of talking about past events and then you had you know the the histories of the marvel universe that came out in the 80s but what you said you you beat me to it i I don't know if i was going to say it exactly the way you did you could have started out with the first issue or two of this and ended with the the last three or four issues yeah you could have run this in quick 
and it would have been a lot of fun because the the last few issues were a lot of fun. The, the, exactly. The the way it worked, the first couple issues needed a couple needed a little bit of work. But do I need to reiterate everything about team books that? No. I, I mean, at this point. my God, and they made this it. Is... And they made it worse. They took all these characters. The premise of this is they end up because Immortus is wanting to kill name Rick Jones. Rick Jones, thank you. Because he wants to kill Rick Jones because of the Time Authority Timekeepers. No, what is the the power the cosmic power, the Oh what is the name that of that? Destiny anyway, Force. The Destiny Something Force. Like, thank you. Yeah, no, it's the Destiny like Force. It's the Destiny Force. Because okay. he has the Destiny Force. They want to kill him because and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a hob. I'm just gonna spoil this part of it Go because it because mankind develops the destiny force. They they do a lot of bad things with the Avengers in forty percent of the timelines. The timelines. So forty percent of the time, they do bad things. Now in sixty percent of the time, they do great things. But they're going to eradicate all of them because basically what we find out is that the timekeepers who actually exist in this, unlike in Loki where they don't exist, that they're anyway that they don't exist in the 40% world, so they're going to eradicate the human race since they can't kill Rick Jones. That that has become the idea. By the end of it, they're just going to kill off the human race so they can exist in the future. Well, they're going to kill off 40%. No, no. No, no. Well, maybe I misread it. No, they, I thought they were going to kill off the 40% because they needed some humanity to exist because I thought they needed to... Oh, maybe. So Because they don't come into being until the very authority. The timekeepers... Are created at the end of time. It's also, and that's the other oh, thing. Oh, it is so uh, convoluted. It is. Oh, the, it is time travel. It's not time stuff. travel. It's not time travel. Well, oh, it's not time whatever. Travel. Alternate, alternate timelines. Oh, except it, it is time travel. It's time travel and alternate universes. You're, you're, you're right. traveling back in time into a different. It makes it so confusing. And this is, you're finally getting why I think I've told you on multiple occasions. I don't like time travel, even though there are a number of things with time travel in that I like. Overall, I don't like time travel because of this. Now, when they did the time travel, for the people that understood the way they did the time travel in, and you're not included in that because you still don't understand it, and that's okay. In the Marvel <laughs> universe, in the movie universe, you don't understand it, or you would quit with some of your opinions. But I'm just, I'm just being perfectly blunt. You don't get it, but that's okay. The the, the guys that wrote Endgame don't get it either since they bloviate about it. Captain America did not go back in time in the Marvel movie universe that we watch. It's in an alternate timeline. No, I agree with that. No, I know. I know. I know. I'm just, I agree with that. I'm teasing. I'm teasing you because the writers are all like, and the Russo brothers are like, no, he's in a different timeline. Captain America cannot go back in time and no Hydra exists in, and not do anything and not do anything. Right. That's why. Right. That's why these things don't work that way. You were getting to the premise, which that's also is doing the beck is at the beck and call of the timekeepers who run the time authority, which you know, of course, and to know those names from the Loki show plus, but different iterations of those beings and authority to oh, some extent. Yeah, yeah. That that's the that's literally other than watching some YouTube videos during the Loki show. That's all I've ever known about the timekeeper. So this was on that case. It was interesting to get that. I will point out that they bring up he, he who remains a number of times in it. And he who remains never showed up in that, right? We no, never, we I never saw so. he who remains in that. So we still based on this, don't know who, who, who he, who he, who remains is. Although we know he's a mortis slash 
Kang, at least in the Loki one. But is yeah. he in that? I don't. I have know. no idea. I didn't. I didn't Googleize it. Yeah, I I didn't either because it was enough of a wade through, and I literally, literally finished reading that at lunch mm-hmm. yesterday. No, I was going to say this morning. At lunch yesterday, I finished reading those 12 episodes, and then I reread Marvels last night. I've read Marvels a number of times, so it's not... That was more of a refresher than having to pay too much attention. Oh, I paid a lot of attention to it. It was so much better than... Uh, it was a nice palate cleanse after reading another oh, one sure. of Hobbes' well, group, group event uh, fiascos. Again, that's what I get for... Fiascos. I, get for, I remember liking this. Let me read it again. Oh my God, what did I ask us to do? What's wrong with my opinions okay, and, thought, I will, and my memories? I will tell you this. There's a different... There is a different thing for... I read this and I enjoyed this and... I read this and I enjoyed it enough to be willing to talk about it with someone else on something that other people will listen to. And I'm not, and I'm not even kidding because there's a bunch of comic books that I've read that I've enjoyed that I would not suggest that we talk about more, more so because I would be embarrassed of what y'all would think of me because I really enjoyed that. I'm not trying to say Charles, I, that people are embarrassed for you. (laughs) Exactly. I I don't think, I don't think I was, I don't think I was being, I, I thought I was fairly blunt about that. I, tell look, me, tell me how you, tell me how you really look, feel. Look, I'm not going to have us read the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. What? Why not? Because I would be embarrassed about how much oh. I like it. I know. I see. I was that. That's on my list. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Because uh, by the way, Jack Kirby, not Jack Kirby. Uh, Steve Ditko. Steve. Steve Ditko. Steve, sorry. Oh, yeah. I yeah, the great Steve Ditko. Yep. I know. I would like to say that Hav has seen the Eternals and he's been casting aspersions on me about my supposed dislike of Jack Kirby. At no time have I ever said that I dislike Jack Kirby, even though he's overrated. That has nothing to do with the fact. <laughs> Boom! Go to dynamite. All right, I don't. That that was that was more for uh, Hav, Caesar, and I's text chain that we go on i don't think kirby's overrated he is a defining giant in comic books that was he well is, played sir he is however dated i will use the term dated and he is big ideas you you said it really well man when, when yeah. we read because we, we read eternals i i suggest to reread his original eternals run because i knew the movie was coming out and i think you nailed it he had grand grandiose even ideas and concepts that were so big and then just not you know the 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 detail was a little lacking he does he does not have the skill as a writer to put his vision out there as well as it could be done to the point where others have come along afterwards and kind of picked up where he left off and i think done a lot of great things with his with his creations I, i and i and i know this is tangent but that's okay that's what we that's what we do I cannot wait for you and Caesar and whoever else wants to, to, to see Eternals and talk to me about it because I definitely have some thoughts. I, I meant it when I said I liked it. I, I didn't love it and I don't want to spoil anything for you because okay. well, I, you think, already, you I already, think we're going to have fun talking you about already it. You already spoiled Shang-Chi. So. Oh, because I told you how to pronounce it? Yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying on the joke. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know if it was Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi and they make it very clear in the movie. And that's good. I'm glad because yeah. all of us are wrong because we were all saying it wrong. That I, That's the first time I've tried to say it out loud since you texted it. So it's Shang-Chi. Uh, uh, yeah, Shang, okay. uh, but Sean, with the G at the end. But, you know, speaking of that, growing up, not before I first saw Magneto in a, in a cartoon, the way I read his name in comic books was Magneto. Okay. In that, my brain. That's fine. Look, I, 
I read a long time ago a wonderful thing, and I'm glad I read it. It's that you should never make fun of someone who pronounces a big word incorrectly because that's it's because they learned it by reading. That's true. Oh, you know what? Good point. I, I and I read that and I'm like, oh, I don't feel so bad because I've mispronounced I I have mispronounced words that I've learned through my reading and I know what they mean. I can define them for you and I can use them I use them in context and I've been corrected on them. And and by the way, I don't think that someone is judging me if they correct me. That's not I'm just saying from a personal if you hear someone use a large word correctly and they mispronounce it, that's probably because they learned it reading it. You know what? I never thought of that. That's that's. Thank you for dropping that knowledge on me. In all seriousness, that's. I yeah. Well, that's okay. that's how I felt when I read that. I was like, oh man, wow. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, well, hey, so look, Avengers Forever. Immortus is doing the the, the doing the bidding of the timekeepers, trying yes. to get rid of Rick Jones, and the Supreme Intelligence is involved after the Kree Scroll Scroll War because the. Shield authorities have him imprisoned on the moon, like you do. The Avengers don't know what to do about Rick Jones, so they bring Rick Jones there. This character that I don't remember if I'd ever heard of before, called Libra, who's the me, all, I have not, I have not ever heard of him. All about balance is involved because he's trying to seek balance and doesn't think. Apparently, he's on the side of let's not kill Rick Jones in forty so, percent of humanity's so, so, timelines. So is he? Is he like a Marvel version of the Spectre? No, because he's not powered like that. I don't think. Okay, but I just, I, I just, yeah. he, okay. he's behind the scenes, just trying to to achieve what he perceives to be a balance and a balance between, I don't know what, quite frankly, and so he's involved. And then to achieve the this protection of Rick Jones and not destroy forty percent of all the timelines that humans are in, the Supreme Intelligence and and Kang the Conqueror or Libra or some combination or Rick Jones's powers draw out of the timeline the various timelines basically libra does that at the end libra or he causes the ones that they draw out in order to get a lot of these remember the the reason we did this is so we could get the results we wanted these are why they pulled these certain ones out they pull these disparate groups of avengers out of their place in the timeline and cram them together and it's so real. Fa- I'm sorry. There's yeah, like, no. a, of course, these team books. It's Cap right after. There's a whole up. The whole part uh, in his run in his in his series where he finds out. I think it's like the vice president is is a Hydra agent or something, or and commits suicide in the Oval Office. And so t- Cap's totally disillusioned. You get Wasp and and, and, and uh, Cap let right. him. Cap let him. Yes. He probably could have stopped him from killing himself, but he let him, and he's angry. He's he's disillusioned and kind of angry at himself that he let the guy kill himself. Yeah. But you know what? If a Nazi wants to shoot himself in the head, fuck it. Yeah. I yeah. You, you try to kill those guys for long enough, and they're doing it themselves. More yeah. power to them. Hey. I mean, I'll hand um, you the gun. Do you get Wasp and Giant Man from the timeline after Giant Man Pink Pym has had his breakdown as Yellow Jacket, and then you also get Yellow Jacket in the middle of his psychosis, where he doesn't know he's Hank Pym. He's just some gallivanting ass that's all you know chauvinistic and and weird. He's got one of the ever in the history of comic books. Speaking of your your favorite Hawkeye, that's probably not your favorite Hawkeye. Oh God, costume. no, 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 no. I, I don't have a favorite Hawkeye uh, costume. I, I I don't have. I have a favorite Hawkeye that is obviously the Hawkeye that we read about. And this is not my favorite Hawkeye, but I will look at him through the eyes of I. I like this character a little better because now I know 
He has backstory. Yeah. But but yeah, he yeah. was he had been you giant get- man. This was at the end of an event and he's just in Europe with Hercules just doing bro thing. The cir- They're working yeah, in with a circus. regular arrows. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's he's working the circuit of a circus, which is where he came comes from. So yeah. he doesn't need trick arrows. He's doing trick shots with regular arrows and they're just banging carny chicks. And well, Hercules is banging whoever he can. Cause he, we, we know about Hercules. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. So you got songbird formerly, formerly known, formerly known as screaming Mimi, a bad guy turned good. And a future I don't, Avenger I don't know anything a, about her. She was one, uh, part of the Masters of Evil at one point okay. in time, I think, and and other bad guy groups, bad person groups. Sure, Captain Marvel, the son of the original Captain Marvel, that eventually dies in the in the six one six. So those are your 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 desperate d- disparate Avengers pulled out of various timelines. And then in the middle of this thing, Charles, they go on these three different missions. That that's that's the big filler part. For there's a lot of filler. Yes. But oh my God, those three, those three, they, of course you have to do the split up and they go on these three missions, which I don't think affects the plot at all. Does it? You, you learn things, you learn things that come back later. Okay. And you build camaraderie within this team. So yes, it affects the plot. No, it wasn't absolutely necessary. It doesn't affect the outcome. How about that? Yeah, no, it doesn't affect the outcome whatsoever. Because you get one group that goes back to 1950s. Yes. You get one group that goes back to the Old West. And well, you but go one group. See, we got to go to the Old West. Yeah, you get to go to the Old West and you see all the different Marvel superheroes called Kid. Um, <laughs> there's Two Gun... I wrote this down because it was just amazing. Two Gun Kid, Ringo Kid, Rawhide Kid, Kid Colt. Well, and, they were they were having fun with that because that those were actual real ones. So they, And I think they were more cowboy ones, but they probably... Busick probably intentionally used all the ones. I, there's no way that yeah that there's, was not intentional. Yeah, there's, we're gonna, a, we're, there's a ghost rider from back in that from the old west. That's a ghost that rides a horse. And but anyway, so I thought that was funny. But I, I did also like the other mission that part of the group goes on. This is accidentally for you a dystopian future where there's only fifty thousand people uh, <laughs> left on the planet Earth. So and you chose you chose that so I would feel comfortable with the dystopian future. Complete accident, but I thought you'd now, in hindsight, appreciate, <laughs> oh, look, more dystopia, yay. <laughs> in that future, you get Black Panther, Jocasta, uh, uh, Synthoid Android, Thundra, Crimson Dynamo, Living Lightning, and Kill Raven. Oh, and the nine secret Avengers that we never heard of, Jimmy Woo is their leader, their liaison who's absent, 3D Man, Human Ro- Marvel Boy. Just again, just throwing all sorts of characters out I, there. I, I loved so I, much going on. I, I, I gotta be blunt. I loved that the Crimson Dynamo was there because I have been consistently misnaming Red Guardian. Who was it that you were calling the uh, Red Guardian? And because, dude, because that's what that's what she calls him. I mean, okay, you don't remember this. So the Crimson Dynamo in in in, in the Black Widow movie. When Black Widow's sister is talking to Red Guardian, she calls him the Crimson mm-hmm. Dynamo. And then... I don't remember that. I- okay, so it's in the bedroom scene where she's upset and he comes in and then she makes a comment and, and then he's quiet for a second. He goes, Red Guardian. And so... You know what? Okay. I think that's when I went to the restroom. I, I- well, that that's fine. I But when we did our, when we did our podcast with Caesar, 
I was calling him, I did it a few times, I called him the Crimson Dynamo. On the second time, you cre- you corrected me, and it cracked me, it cracked yeah. Caesar well, up, and why. Caesar explained to you what I'm explaining to you now. Yeah, he's doing that on purpose. So again, memory. That, that, well, that's fine. I'm sorry. But it, it, that, talking about callbacks and, and things from previous episodes, I did like that we actually had something that had the Crimson Dynamo in it. Yes. Yeah. You mean Red Guardian, right? <laughs> yeah. I, oh! well, I, I, can't, I can't have done that because you wouldn't have gotten it in any way whatsoever. I, I so Just miles over my head. <laughs> miles over my head. And um, since no one, and since no one other than Patrick will send us a fucking email, I don't know oof. if any of these things I'm dropping that go over your head are being caught by anybody else. Oh, I'm sure they are, but they're probably just shaking their heads and they're yeah, probably they're thinking like, about typing out an email like, you know what? Yeah. He's never going to get it. Fuck that. Never dude. mind. <laughs> never freaking mind. So they do all these adventures in these different time periods. And again, I really don't think it affects the outcome because then it really just turns into, oh, it, let me back up. Mortis is an older version of King of the Conqueror. What? Okay. I know. And they're always at... Be- because, and I, I cannot stress, stress this enough, because comics. Oh, yeah. Uh, be- because comics, timelines, and time travel. Oh, my Lord. And just... Because I, we both have read time travel and t- alternate timeline, and both of them combined that are that's done well... And this, mm-hmm. again, I think you're right. Going back to it, have they just done the first two issues and the last four issues of this? It might be you okay. just have the big battle? You know, because then at the very end, it's the timekeepers are trying to erase out 40, you know, the, the, the human timelines that are bad. They're bringing in all the bad Avengers. Kang and then Immortus is bringing in all the good Avengers uh-huh. from all the different timelines. And it's just one big battle in splash page after it, splash it, it page. Was, it was just endgame. Yeah. At the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, it yeah. was... I. I was literally thinking about this comic when I was reading it, thinking, oh my God, there is, clearly the writers had probably read this of Endgame. And just thought, we just need to have a big old battle. Well, well no, they, I'm sure they were planning the big old battle, but I, and maybe maybe they didn't, and maybe it had nothing to do with it, but Emily was like, oh my Lord. Um, did you see, speaking of Endgame, did you see recently where Feige actually wanted all the original Avengers to die in Endgame? No. Yeah, that came out that in early preliminary talks, and the Russo brothers kind of put the kibosh on that. They they were like, you know, we, we're already losing. We, we're we're, we're lo- we can't lose that many. We, you have to have time to deal with that kind of. I you can't just from a story thematic. They're like, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're not doing that. Um, you can get rid of them in different ways, but well, I mean, they did get rid of Cap. Yeah, they got rid of Cap, but death. they didn't kill him. Yeah, he's living on the moon. Scarlet Witch gone iron man gone cap essentially gone so you got rid yeah. of three you're left with thor and uh, and thor's about to be a hawkeye woman. yeah yeah you're left and, with thor and hawkeye and, and hawkeye was never really an avenger just even though you love him you, you hate love him you love hate him it's such an interesting dynamic <laughs> this is this you is love, why, this is why i'm single to hate him. this is why i'm single ooh, ooh, i don't think we have enough time to go into that right now oh sorry this is the only no. therapy I get, man. Oh my God, I'm so sorry then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. Look, guess what? The good guys win uh, in this thing. They, oh, okay, yeah, duh, the good guys win, of course. But there's not, there, there's some, they talk about how much Immortus and the Timekeepers and the Time Authority have, have messed with the Avengers through the time. 
through the timelines and through there, the 616, they talk about poor Scarlet Witch and Vision. Holy crap. They have been fucked with to the umpteenth degree in like every iteration I've ever seen them in, whether it's cinematically 616 alternate timelines. They cannot catch a freaking break because this they just go deep on this that they are messed with with their kids and the Mortis and uh, and messing with his origin story with the human the original Human Torch. Ooh, going back to Marvels. Uh huh. So uh, it's just there's a lot that just and, is and going on again. They probably could have kept it twelve issues again if they'd have streamlined some of this. 12 issues would have worked if they didn't have to put in all of that. If they didn't have to give us these just dense backstories, backstory after dense backstory, after dense backstory, trying to bluntly, I kind of felt like this whole thing was trying to retcon an enormous amount of Avengers backstory. So it actually works because you have Maybe. so many of these different events and you have so many of this. And again, as I've said, I never really read the Avengers. It just not my jam team book like that, but trying to smooth this stuff out and say, Oh no, look, this all makes sense. If you just know all of this and all of this is everything that doesn't make any sense. At least, well, at least from my standpoint, there's one issue. I think that's just about Kang in all his interactions with you know, going from when he was the Pharaoh in ancient Egypt. I, I actually kind of liked that one. In the sense of just, it was all about Kang, and I don't know that much about Kang. And I, okay. I think it's important I think it's important that we know s some about Kang, because Kang is supposed to be the big bad in the next iteration of the Marvel Universe, movie universe. Well, and I was going to say, it's, it is one issue of him, and it does a good job, I think. Yeah. But it is a whole issue just dedicated to Kang, where you're like, Kang. Kind of is and kind of isn't, because you got Kang, him turning into a mortis. And him, the whole, a lot of this and, was yeah. Kang trying not to turn into a mortis. He right. didn't want it. This Kang, this Kang doesn't. And I did like his path. I did like his path of going through it from both ends. When Kang, Kang interacts with himself a number of times and the Kang we're dealing with, when he's talking about that, he's going back and he's being Kang from one direction and then he's aged and then he's going back and he's seen it and he's been from the other side and he's trying to change things and he can't change things because everything stays the same. So he's going to have to be a mortis. And then he gets to it and he balks and we find out that he splits. And I think this is them trying to make this idea that maybe Kang isn't Immortus. Kang could have been Immortus, but because the timekeepers are forcing the change because they Immortus is killed there and they force their, they're accelerating his change and he stops it. But then it turns around and he's split into two at the end of it. So one of which is Kang the Conqueror and other is the thoughtful Immortus who has to scholarly study things. So he's become two different people. And is he a baby for a second? Yes. Okay. I just want to make yeah. sure. Yeah. He's a baby. No, he was a baby a for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They did that. They did that. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't sure. know if quite baby. I was, I think when they show him, he's like more like a toddler, but yes. That's what I thought. No. And there's a, there's a panel I forwarded to you at the very beginning of this. Cause Kang is, is bemoaning the fact that he turns into a mortis and a mortis is just like a, a, a glorified desk clerk and, just wants to study and write, and he goes yes, because which I thought was kind of self-deprecating. He goes, he goes what part of Kurt Busiek? He goes what? Pfa, p f a. -H. Oh yeah, no, just do it again. You you literally cut out. Oh, writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't trying to make you. I, I wasn't oh. shaming you. I just right right as you said wait, that wait, you you did do, that. Do cut that out. again. Yeah, 
yeah. dancing monkey. Yeah, no, no, it was just, it was, and, and, and there, there was a scene and, and he does all this and then blip. And then you come back. So writers for fa. Yeah. Um, no, I like it when writers take shots at writers. Oh, I like it no, when writers fine. take shots at themselves. Yes. That's a nice fourth wall break. That's not really a fourth wall break. So real fast, the art in this for, for having so much going on, I thought was really well done. Oh, I, I liked um, the art. It was legitimately the best part of the comic. That's yeah. The oh, okay. I feel like that's damning with faint praise. The art was very good. It was. It, it really worked. It really worked on the different types of characters from different eras. It was really well yeah. done. The the art is well, much better to, than the comic as a whole. Well, in trying to organize and lay out all this stuff, and and I don't know sometimes the interactions between the writer, how much the writer says, I'd like this to be this way versus this kind of panel configuration, or if it's really the artist going, okay, I got to make this thing work. There's a lot going on here, but very well done on, on Carlos Pacheco's part to bring this thing artistically to life. Mm-hmm. And also interesting, I mean, we got Kurt Busiek, you know, obviously we just heaping the praise on for Marvels, and then this, I know it happens. Um, it does. No, no one's he, perfect. You know, like I think there's great parts in this, uh-huh. and you know, oh, now that are. you're saying it, the the part with the Kang issue, the first couple issues, the last two or three or four issues when it's all coming to a head. Like I said, there's just that middle part where it's just like, yeah. As I as I keep reiterating, it's a group event book, and there I don't I don't really think there are very many good ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, now that you the, the fact that you it's been it's been born to be true more than once in the suggestions I've made to you during this first season that, gosh darn it, stuff I remember very fondly. Just doesn't hold up very well on Except reread. Now, some of it, I, I, I say that, but I am going to make you read Spider-Verse at some point. And yeah, that are. is a group event book. That shit worked. Okay, but, we'll see. And you, hey. uh, But, cor- of course, that could just be me and my uh, Spider-Man. Well, to, to that point, you know, love uh, like you, I loved, even on the reread, the Justice League slash Justice League International. Yeah, season. you yeah. were like you were more tepid. On it, I, I, I was it, tepid. It, it yeah, just, I know. enjoyed parts of it, but it, it was also dated, and I could never get past Guy Gardner's haircut, or Guy Gardner being the complete biggest jackass that ever walked the face of the earth. Thank you for letting me bring up Guy Gardner's yeah. haircut. Okay. I felt personally attacked by the haircut because that was similar to my COVID haircut. That was so great. Oh, and and then the last thing that I got on this Avengers Forever limited twelve issue limited series. There were some characters introduced. Like, I would like to see more of the 1950s event. That 3D man, human robot, gorilla man, Marvel boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That 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 actually was a fun idea that, that didn't exist. There's and that, a secret that, yeah. Avengers? There's, there was a secret Avengers in the 50s and that didn't exist. And then here they uh, are. And that's like, okay, that would be fun. I would like to see. I, I, would, I would read an arc of them. Yeah. Well, I think they did. You know what? I think they did do something. Maybe shortly after this with them. That I don't think went very. It is a business, and I don't know. That well, it's that's sold very that's well. fine. Then maybe I'll maybe I will uh, maybe I will look that up on Marvel Unlimited to see if it see if that is. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually take a note. Good job. You may, you're making me right. Yeah, I know. My gosh. Well, take copious notes sometimes as I'm reading these things, or shortly after reading. I don't. I'm pretty sure Charles does this all just from pure memory, which is amazing. I I couldn't remember what I ate this morning for breakfast if I didn't really think about it oh well i I actually feel like you know more about this stuff than i do because you take notes and that i'm just floundering around here like a uh, 
one-armed monkey trying to masturbate. I don't. That that did, that one didn't work. Avengers. That was that was just that was awkward. Hey, one other thing I wrote down, which I just love. It played such a big role in this. Uh huh. And I'm, I don't want to really. If you want to talk about it, we can. But just space phantoms, Charles. Oh God. Space phantoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't talk a lot about it because it doesn't make any damn sense. But yeah, the 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 space phantom is evidently a character that has shown up throughout, and I had never heard of him. That that is a a Kang thing, and they thought there was one space phantom. It turns out there are literally thousands of space phantoms. One of them was also the or stick infinite? of. Yeah, well, yeah, it could be infinite because if you if you show up in limbo and you don't have the special technology that Kang has, after a certain amount of time, you turn in, you forget everything about you, and you become a space phantom, and they all look alike, and they can also change shape. And there was evidently, no. hold on, okay. hold on, there was evidently a a magic stick that led the Avengers for a while that turns out to be a space phantom. Yes, I, I, and I, I it has a name, but magic stick is all you need to know. Yeah, because it's it's a stick. Also, also, what Hoff calls his penis. You weren't you weren't supposed to tell anybody about that, Charles. That was told to you in confidence. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? No, yeah, they're, they're the space fan. The, I, the, speaking of retcons, I'm pretty sure I had heard of and maybe even read something with the space phantom, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure this is a huge retcon in oh, Avengers I'm, Forever. I'm, sh- I'm sure it was the space phantom into an army of space phantoms. The only thing. Now, now I said I didn't really want to talk about it. The fact that they, it, when they're in the Time Authority or wherever they, they're based out of Limbo and uh, Limbo or whatnot, or the Chronopolis or wherever the heck they're yeah. out of time, out of the yeah. space time there's stream. So, there's so many. Oh dear lord! But they lose their memory, which the only that's the only thing that I can think of is at all analogous to the Loki series and the Time Authority agents is that they don't remember that they are from yeah. the regular timeline. Except remember? I think yeah. Except I think they wiped their memory. Uh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they wipe their memory to make them do that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're, you're probably right. Because, but anyways, or, or maybe not. I that I oh man, I'm gonna have to. That's gonna be part of what I do in the next few months. I got to rewatch Loki. Yeah, probably worth a rewatch. But yeah. that, okay, I swear. Now I'm. I think I'm done with Avengers Forever. Unless I have Nixon's scroll written down. That's the only other thing. Oh, I, I did. That was the '50s. That was during the '50s yeah. Avengers when yeah. Nick, Nixon is the vice president was giving a speech and it turns out he was a scroll. Right. And, and they, the wasp, it was wasp. And who else was in that scene? Was it Captain Marvel? I think the, the young, it might've been wasp and Captain Marvel, but they're talking about, Oh, well, Nixon, he goes to China and the fifties Avengers overhear them and go, they're going to take Nixon to China. We have to protect the president. And that that's it. And then yeah. it turns out he's a scroll. And that yeah. one gets vice president a, at the time. Yeah, vice president. Sorry, that timeline gets snipped. It's yeah. swoop because they. Oh wow, that that was just a mess. It really was. It, it was just a mess. Speaking of good good ideas, I'm not even sure. Great good ideas, just eh. not well wrangled. Yes, everybody so, yeah. everybody lays an egg sometimes. Okay. There you go. So there, there were some, there were some definitely comparisons between the two things, the the two thematically. They were both big, big sweeping things. They were also both written by the same person. The theme was Marvel Comics. Yeah, I mean, different in that the, you know the the Marvels was from the regular Joe point of view, and this yes. one was very much just. Oh no, huge this was this stakes. was just a huge stakes event that really, really did have huge stakes. Except honestly, not really huge stakes for the six one six. 
because the 616 is not going to turn into the bad. It wouldn't have snipped that timeline out of that 40%. I did I like not. I did like the comment that evidently in some timelines, the timekeepers are evil or more evil because they're obviously kind of evil in this, but they're this mm-hmm. horribly evil thing in a ton more universes than that. And Captain America is like, well, wait a minute. You're going to cull the humans in these where you don't aren't created, but you're not going to do anything about all these vast more universes where y'all end up going bad. A little double, a little double standard there. Yeah, exactly. And, and I did win power. I, the, the, there's a device that makes a lot of this possible. And I did like that. Captain America ends up with it and Kang wants it back. And it shows that he can do anything. It, It would give him the power to kill Hitler, to go back and make adjustments to the timeline. And then he destroys it because he wants free choice. And then it turns out that obviously you can't destroy something like that. And then the giveaway at the end is that the Supreme intelligence gets it. Yes, which I don't know, and I did Google this. I don't know if there's anything that's done with that. I, well, it, it, it's only been 23 years. Somebody Is that, gosh darn, the, 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 the crystal, time crystal? Uh-huh. Is that what it's called? I guess. Which is like infinity stone level powerful? Oh, yeah. Well, it gives you the ability to time. adjust timelines. Like time, yeah. It's a time it, stone. Yeah. That maybe it is the time stone. Oh, maybe it is the time stone. That's how you retcon that. That was the time stone. There you go. Well, good point, but just, uh, okay. Convoluted. That's the word for today for Avengers Forever. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. So, once again, I win. But it's not a contest, but you're absolutely right. (laughs) I'm not going to fight you on that whatsoever. Uh, I dare anybody that listens to this thing to try to wade through Avengers Forever and tell me you don't put it down two or three times and not read it through one sitting. Because gosh knows, God knows it took me forever i i would have i would have read marvels last night in one sitting except i was through the first three and then my sister called me so i talked to her for a while and then i went back and finished it so well hey so this is we're getting i think towards the end of our last episode of season one not Uh of all time don't worry charles don't 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 get after me again (laughs) i am committing to a second season well we've been now you should you should feel impressed the powers that be that are in charge of the podcast renewed us for a second season you should be excited about that thank you public library well no it's not the public library the person in charge of this podcast is me i renewed us i know yeah i know you did (laughs) yeah because i think we said before when i mentioned hey this has been fun you're like i'm not done with you yet we're we're doing another we're gonna pick this up again but uh, the break will be nice just to recharge and the holidays are coming up but I am curious what you, I think I t- we talked about at the beginning. What were any of your big takeaways? I, I have some thoughts and also some of your favorites that we read, whether you recommended them or the few that you liked that I recommended. Well, why don't, why don't you start thought about that? What, what are your, what are your takeaways? I, to bookend it, I, I did like some of the ones I recommended. I like that we started with Under Siege and Black Hammer and Black Hammer still, to the point where I did read a fair amount more. Yeah. I uh, ended on a strong one with Marvels, but look, I, quite bluntly, I don't know that you made a bad recommendation. Just varying levels of, of what I liked and didn't like. I guess the non-superhero Stumptown is just different for me because yeah. I'm so superhero-centric. I gotcha. But that, even that was good. It just remi- it reminded me of Jessica Jones and vice versa mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it just I think those those are the ones that stick out to me. I did like... The, the 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 reading 
Doom Patrol, given what we know about the author now? I I liked uh, you, you, I I liked Doom Patrol, uh, and I we talked about it at the time. One of the reasons I liked Doom Patrol the second time I read it was knowing more about the author and what they put in that from their perspective that yeah. I did not know about when I read it the first time, and it just made it it made it really good and i'm really glad one that you told me about that so i i enjoyed it as much because of that so well done you now i mean look i i to varying degrees liked everything we read with a few exceptions one of them which we talked about today which i I did enjoy parts of avengers forever i there were parts of everything we read that i enjoyed even the the things that I did not think were that strong. I really, 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 really enjoyed making fun of Under Siege. <laughs> In our first episode, I need to listen to our first episode again because you were talking I, about I Under tried. Siege. And I, it's so hard for me. You were fine. It's hard for me to listen to it because I'm so awkward. It's like it's. Oh, it was. I didn't know what to. I did. What, what am I supposed to talk? Is this not me just listening to Charles talk? I do think we made a uh, we made a sea change in how this worked when we decided we we needed to see each other and we put it on FaceTime the way we have so we can see each other so we can take some ver- for some visual cues. It's made the conversation be a little better. It's also made the our my ability to edit take less time because there's not so much. Why the pauses that I cut out and I I do still cut out the the long pauses. They're not nearly as long. There's not a 15 second pause while we just sit there on dead air. It's just, it, it, it's better because we, we get the awareness. Oh yeah, you're done with that thought. Well, it, well, and it did turn more into a conversation. Yes, because it did. we can see each other. Uh-huh. It's it's hard to to converse with somebody apparently like this when you're not seeing what you know they're they're the like you said the visual cues the body language. Are they done talking? I want to say you me okay. So, anyways, uh, just just some big takeaways, and otherwise, I, I don't got much more, man. You? Uh, no, I, I I don't think I've got that much more. I, things I, I I'm trying to figure out which ones are the ones you suggested that I liked. I like Saga. It's hard. Well, it's no, hard it's not. It's not hard. I like Saga. I like Doom Patrol. I liked Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Did you like Golden I Age? Really, I, yeah, I was about to say I really liked the Golden Age. The Golden Age was great. Okay. So no, there were there were a there were a lot of a lot of things that that was worth doing. I enjoyed the nail, the first half, the the original yeah. nail, not not as much the second one for the reasons we discussed. So no, I I really did I really did like a lot of what you what you put in. We three. Oh, good lord. I loved We Three. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's great. It's uh, a hard read. Yeah. But I very much enjoyed making fun of Mutant Massacre, and I, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed making fun of myself because the worst, well, no, other than the Daredevil, because that by far was the worst comic in that, that run, but also the worst was the, the, the worst X-Men book that was in there was the New Mutants, which I read when I was reading comics, and I liked, so I was able to dunk on me the way I dunk on Hav. But you'll you'll also notice I'm not having us read Spider-Man comics from back then. Even though there's some decent stuff that might be okay to reread, I'm not having us read those. 80s comics weren't great. They were great for us because we were kids and we didn't know any better. They weren't that great. Uh, which um, I'm, I'm, for some reason, begrudgingly coming to the realization is true. But we're, in fairness, we're adults now and and every things change. 
what's good then is not necessarily going to be what's good now. I have to say, we kind of started out really good. I'm glad. That's one of the reasons I suggested Marvels, because I knew how good it was. Because starting with Black Hammer, I kind of wish we'd have talked about Black Hammer mid-season when we were better at this. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to start with a strong, yeah, with a strong thing to support. Yeah, yeah it, it is what it is. I, yeah, I, I'm glad we did that then because I did, like I said, I don't know how many episodes it was. I did do a deep dive on Black Hammer because yeah. of your suggestion, and and I may and do that over the break. Great. I may read some more of that. I I would like to apologize for everyone for making us for having us talk about the sexist comic Why the Last Man. I I did not realize. Yeah, that women can't make electricity work or <laughs> govern or in the, if there's just women, society would break down. Yes. Yes. I, I did not realize that. I I, I apologize. Yeah. No, I, I have truly enjoyed doing this this year. I, I hope any of y'all listening have enjoyed us doing this. Hav, you mentioned, you asked if we were going to suggest, say what we want, what we wanted us to read for episode oh. one of season two. Oh yeah, and I I take it you 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 are Hav is just grinning. He he has a I got a what can only be described as a shit eating grin on his face right now. He is ready. Okay, what I put a lot of thought into this. Okay, go. Uh, I put because no thought I have into mine. I do like I said I I do have a list of different ideas, uh-huh. but this one just recently came to mind because we're taking a break over the holiday, and it's you know. Different people celebrate different things during the holiday, but Christmas is one of them. I am suggesting by Robert Kirkman. Have you ever heard of it? Well, no, because you blipped right before, right when you said the title of it. And so all, <laughs> all it did, what I heard was, I am suggesting by Robert Kirkman. Battle, Battle Pope. Battle Pope? I have, I think I've heard of it. Absolutely. We'll do Battle Pope. Okay. So the first the first collection is on Hoopla. I Excellent. was shocked and surprised because just before he did Invincible, before he did Walking Dead, the great Robert Kirkman, I think very well regarded now because yes. of those two properties alone, he did Battle Pope. And it is also going to fit very nicely into your theme of season one, dystopian future, by the way. Well, but that's going to be really, because my suggestion was going to be Invincible, but I'll change it. No, I'm just kidding. Mine was not Invincible. No, which would be kind of cool to start with. Yeah, the no, same to start off, with the same. Again, yeah, no, I, I, that 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 wasn't. We we will probably do Invincible at some point because that that shit is the bomb. I am going to finally pull the trigger on it. I've talked about it before. We're gonna read Powers because it's not on Hoopla. It'll give you time to get it from the library. So we're gonna do Powers. We'll discuss how much of it. We're definitely gonna do the first the first what was the first arc of it, which is uh, whatever became of Power Girl. No, retro yeah, girl. I think Whatever I, became a retro I girl. I swear I I read part of that back in the day and stopped for some reason. Okay, well but. you're gonna you're gonna read it again and we'll talk about it because I love I love powers. I've read every single one of them, and that's actually a bunch because there they there's five volumes that are what is that like three inches thick uh, of mm-hmm. it, and then he yeah. just they just did a wrap of it a, a twenty year where they they actually did did he did another graphic novel. We'll discuss how much of it to read offline, but I, I want to talk about that. Brian Michael Bendis, one of my favorite cool. writers. So we'll, we're going to go, we're going to do, we're going to start season two, episode one with indie comics. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah two, we're, two really good writers, I think. Yeah. Two very good writers with indie comics. We're going to, we're going to go off the beaten path, but it's still evidently about superheroes. 
<laughs> kind of. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole point of uh, powers is that they're not. It's not the supers. It's their, they're the powers bureau. It's the. I think it's the. It's in the city that they handle the powers problems. When super powered people have problems, yeah. they're the the case that do it. And I don't know. Is I don't know anything about Battle Pope. So is Battle Pope a superhero? Well, Battle Pope is post apocalyptic. Okay. Oh, okay, so that, uh, that's the, enough. There, there, yeah. there is. Well, in, I won't give away too much, but yeah, okay. and all yeah, right, that's that's the name. All right, is is, is important. Excellent. Well, I, I, it, it seemed to tell me a lot. It, I, I mean, it's it's like Axe the, Cop. Yeah, the synopsis I don't think is. I mean, just I'll I'll give you a little more. There is the the um, what do you call it when the there's the 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 reckoning when the good people are taken up to heaven and all the bad people are left on earth in revelations oh god you think i born and raised catholic yeah but that's not something y'all don't yeah i'm just blanking no i know i'm just blanking on it what's Um, it called julie the rapture the rapture okay thank you The rapture happens and guess what the pope at the time is not a good person he is a womanizing son of uh, hard drinking, lying, cheating son of a gun. He doesn't go up to heaven in the rapture. He's left behind, but he's imbued with powers to battle all the bad that's left. And his sidekick to do that? Well, Jesus. Well, duh. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's come duh. back. Jesus come back. His sidekick. Why is he the sidekick? You would think Jesus uh, would you, not be the sidekick, you'll, but you'll see. All right. Can, can it's, I? It's can I change mine to preacher? No, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> Ooh. So yeah, anyways. we'll have to do preacher at some some point or hero. Yeah. Oh crap! There's some. Oh, we might. We're we're just gonna start dark, aren't we? We're well, starting. We're starting season two dark. Uh, Battle Pope's got a little humor in it. Oh okay. Well, so does Powers, but it's still dark. Okay. Yeah, this is too. It's true. Uh, dark and noiry, like I like, but at least it's yeah. not post post apocalyptic. What? Am I rubbing off on you? I think you'd have. Yeah, you're going back towards the Jessica Jones Stumptown kind of in Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, kind of D- different kind of dark. Um, I, I, my, yeah. my, my noir kick, and you're going, you're going into. Nope, Charles has changed me. It is, it is biblical end of times for well, me. Okay, all right. Well, Hav, thank you very much. You shouldn't show me that you're going to do it. You should, yeah, Hav. Thank he. He's playing with his rubber chicken again. That is not a euphemism, ladies and gentlemen. I do have a rubber chicken. Well, yes, but w- that was a euphemism. <laughs> okay, Charles uh, cracked Hob- himself up. Cracked me up a little bit too, by the way. But more so, I think he cracked himself up. Thank you, thank you very much for doing this season of the podcast with me and doing the podcast with me. I I really really enjoyed this. Everything about it. Thank like you. I said at the top, like I said at the top, thank you for, you know, staying on me, saying, hey, let's do this, let's do this, and then us doing it. And then you, like I said at the top of this, doing all the post-recording, heavy lifting, editing, publishing, thank you. And then thank you for just doing, you know, doing the podcast. It's fun. Like you said before, because of a lot of reasons this past year, we haven't been hanging out in the bar socially. This has been a good reason just to hang out. And talk about comics. Me and you and Caesar on occasion we'll talk about comics, but usually it's more than just the three of us. I mean, sometimes the only times we really do talk about comics is when we go and see a comic book movie, which we haven't done because of the pandemic, except for except for one time with Black Widow. So this has been nice 
to do. And and speaking of thank yous, I know we've, you said it before. Thank you to everybody that's listened. Thank you for to Caesar for being the a guest and and watching Black Widow with us and hope uh, and and coming on and doing that episode of the podcast. And I look forward, like I said before, hopefully at some point, every all three of us will have seen Shang Chi and Eternals, and we can have a special episode podcast about that because I can't wait for you guys to see Eternals. Uh, and also, I, I have to make a, another special thank you to Patrick, my brother. Yes, yes. For yes. the music at the front of it. And he also put together a website for us. That's right. It's havandcharles.com. J-A-V-A-N-D-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. Havandcharles.com. So thank you, Patrick, very much. Y'all can check out our website. It's got it's got Hav's profile. Uh, it's got Hav's biography. It doesn't have my biography because I haven't written one. It, this was, oh, by the way, this was after when Patrick requested that we send him a little biography, and Hav Hav was worried about it, was taking him time and whatever. And I suggested, well, you know, I could write it for you, and he balked at that. No, uh, oh, yeah, uh-huh. I, I was like, no, was I'll, I'll write yours. I still haven't written mine. Patrick's, Patrick's been goading me about it, but I, I'm sorry, I haven't. I'll, I'll write something at some point, sometime, when I have the time. But thank you very much, Patrick, for all that you've done and for being a listener and to be and being a frequent emailer of the show. And I guess, I guess twice as frequent, so... More frequent than anybody else. Yeah. Okay, so this is the time on Comics when we implore y'all to email us. Nah, don't worry about it. We're, we're taking a break. If you'd like to, if you have some time, shoot us an email. That's great. We'd appreciate it. We're also on Twitter. Hav is much more popular on Twitter than I am, which to me is shocking, but... It is shocking. To me. Yeah, to the rest of y'all. To the rest yeah. of y'all, you're like, yeah, no, that makes sense. He is at HavGonzoTweets. And I am at Herring Red Reel. And we also have an unpaid intern who has done nothing, nothing to grow our Twitter page. And that is J and C Talk Comics. At J and C Talk Comics. Maybe. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, that's right. Yeah, whatever. Nah, nobody follows it. Doesn't matter. You you can find you can find it just by going to us because we actually retweet. Yeah. Or the webpage. Yes. Or the webpage. Patrick has it on the webpage. Yeah. So, Patrick's yes, and thank you, Patrick, for all that. Johnny on the spot. emailing. No. And again, one last time, thank you to, to everybody for listening. Thanks, Yes, and we, don't, and we don't know when episode one of season two will come out. That'll, it'll appear in your feed at some point if you are subscribing to our podcast, which we would appreciate you do. Like and subscribe, everybody. Be like this random person named C. Akala who found our podcast and wrote us a five-star review. I know. Isn't that crazy? So thank you, Caesar. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for everyone listening at home or on the go in their car. And bye. Bye. <laughs>